Because we have a fire-breathing dragon to talk about for the first time in a long while. This is MuggleCast episode 265 for May 8th, 2013. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 265. I know what everybody's thinking. How could you have fired Micah as the newsman? No. That's a great question. (laughs) How could you fire Micah as the newsman? And if you did that, why is he still here? (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask that question every episode, every remaining episode. Uh, no, what the, the real question is, why are we back only after a week and a half? That's shocking. What? <laughs> are it we must back? be something that happened in the news, but I wouldn't know what that is because I've been fired. <laughs> right. Um, well, we found out that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley is officially happening. Universal announced it. On Wednesday morning, in line with the predictions, it seems, I know MuggleNet had a prediction that the announcement would happen in four to six weeks, and then there was another rumor that said something similar. But I think this actually happened earlier than both of those, so maybe Universal just got really excited or they couldn't keep the secret any longer. They realized, oh, this thing is like half built now, and we still haven't announced it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, because they're actually working on a Transformers ride down there that hasn't opened up yet. So people thought it would be after Transformers. But anyway, we got the announcement. And, you know, I have to say, it was a little... The, the, what they announced was not surprising because we've known basically everything that they've announced for so long. We knew about Gringotts. We knew about the Hogwarts Express connecting the two lands we knew there'd be Diagon Alley in the London area um there was one big surprise that we'll talk about a little bit later but JK Rowling commented on today's story of course she said I'm so pleased that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter has proved so popular to date and I'm sure that the attention to detail in creating the new Diagon Alley area will make this an even better experience than the Hogsmeade already is I mm-hmm. assume she means uh, what were your guys' initial reactions to this new land? Hey, Micah? So, uh, clearly, they it's left Eric and I both speechless, which is <laughs> saying something for Eric. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was uh, I actually didn't see this until about an hour or two ago, and the concept art to me is is really great. I like the the overall shot and the fact that you can see Hogwarts in the background. Yeah, isn't it's, it beautiful? It, it's iconic in a way, and and if this is really how it's going to pan out, I mean, I don't really think the mountains are there. I think that's a little <laughs> bit of uh, it's a little bit of an embellishment. But overall, I think <laughs> that this this new uh, Diagon Alley 
area is is really going to be something that people are going to enjoy. And I think it really rejuvenates the old Universal Studios. It gives people something to go and see. And I think that's probably more so than anything else, with no disrespect to Harry Potter, what Universal was looking for. They needed something to breathe life into this old park, and they've gotten it. And that's no pun intended. And I want to know how they expect to have a fire-breathing dragon in 90-degree heat in the middle of Orlando. (laughs) That's a good point. Okay, so I was going to save that, but I guess we'll talk about it now. In the concept art, you see this fire-breathing dragon on top of Gringotts. And this morning, I think everybody was in agreement that, oh, they just added that for embellishment to make the concept art come to life more. But it turns out Universal has confirmed that there's actually going to be this dragon on, not a real dragon, of course, but a dragon on top of Gringotts, and it will breathe fire. So how cool. Where do we hear that it's going to breathe fire? This was uh, a theme park Twitter account, a reputable theme park Twitter account. They said they got in touch with Universal, and they confirmed that that thing is actually happening. (laughs) Because <laughs> I, I can see it breathing steam, you know, or or in the case of, as Micah mentioned, the, the heat and the sun, if it would breathe mist even, you know, mm. like a kind of hot but kind of refreshing mist out of its nose, then, you know, I can see that coming. But uh, fire? Yeah, I I just don't know if that's a good idea. Well, I think there's two things that make it okay. For one, the dragon's really high up. So you may not feel the fire much, but also it's not like the dragon's going to be constantly spewing fire for 18 hours a day. <laughs> I bet it'll be, you know, maybe every 10 minutes and he'll breathe fire for maybe like 15 mm-hmm. seconds. You got to put a quarter in his back. So you got to climb all the way to the top and drop some change in there and then he'll think, breathe fire. Do you think there'll be like a riding the dragon, like riding a bull, you know, the <laughs> wild, wild, crazy bull ride? Um, it could be. <laughs> a a few though, too many butterbeers and you never know what can happen. That's true. That's very true. This reminds me of the Mummy uh well maybe the Mummy Returns ride uh which is probably going to be very very close to where they put Diagon Alley if I'm remembering correctly in um the regular Universal Studios Park in Florida. But that ride the reason I bring it up is because there's a wall of flames that always happens every time you ride that ride. Mm-hmm. Probably happens 100,000 times a day or a week or a month. And so flames, I mean, yeah, it may just be like, it'll look really cool as a Harry Potter dragon, but I guess flames, fire is just easier to create than we give it credit for. Like people, people in the future who are lost on desert islands and have to rub sticks together for fire will be so like jealous because the wizarding world is going to do it from this dragon for like nothing a hundred times a day. Yeah. It's going to be a awesome photo op i mean think about standing like below that thing when it's spewing fire like that's a permanent profile picture if you ask me on facebook totally gonna at least three months it's almost (laughs) as cool as sitting on the iron throne (laughs) you're right uh yeah yeah yeah. i mean i just i love that this is the fire piece or sorry the centerpiece of Diagon Alley. It's going to be not just Gringotts, but universal really up the ante and they put the dragon on top that's going to be such a cool photo op I, I do agree, um, but I, I worry about the attention being focused on one central area. Um, you know, like even in the uh, Wizarding World theme park as it is, it's true you do have Hogsmeade and then the Hogwarts area, but basically like Forbidden Journey is where the line starts. 
you know, and I feel like there will be people with Gringotts and the dragon. People want to ride the ride and then other people will want the photo ops, mm. you know, but it'll be very crowded. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, I feel like there's going to be two major kind of photo ops here. Of course, there's going to be Gringotts and, and the dragon, but then also the at the front, the, the front of this new Diagon Alley land, which is london essentially you know you have the night bus out front and then you just got the the row of buildings uh on the outside including king's cross where the hogwarts express is going to be inside when it pulls Mm -hmm. up uh so um yeah i i could see i mean i think from the perspective we're looking at in the concept art it looks gringotts looks bigger than it actually may be Mm-hmm. But time will time will tell. It's going to be cool seeing that from a distance too, as you walk closer and closer to the Wizarding World of Diagon yeah. Alley. Um, I mean, I because you know, like Simpson, the Simpsons ride is right across the way in that little lake. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be staring at the dragon after you walk <laughs> out of the Simpsons ride. <laughs> now, I'm I'm more curious about the overall layout of this. So. If I'm looking at the concept art right now, and is it that you would come out of King's Cross Station all the way on that left-hand side, sort of where those two arches are, and then walk around? Because oh, that's a I good would think question. most people would, and, and I don't know if this is also going to be included in this, want to go through the Leaky Cauldron to get to Diagon Alley. Right. Has there been any thought about that? Is the Leaky Cauldron somewhere in that set of buildings that sort of opens up into Diagon Alley with Gringotts all the way at the mm, end there? Talk about a bottleneck if that were the case. Exactly, because <laughs> I'm thinking about the three broomsticks at the Wizarding World right now. And having people constantly funneling through that to get in sounds like it would be annoying. A but logistical I wonder... nightmare. That is yeah. a good question, though, because, of course, there's that iconic moment in Sorcerer's Stone. Hagrid Tapping taps. The bricks. Right. They yeah. got to have something like that, right? But then but then you have to think, well, how are they going to feed, like, have a brick wall and then, like, the brick wall? I would love to see them do a brick wall that magically opens somehow. Oh, yeah. But imagine the, the weights. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea just how. And, and, like, looking at the concept art, it I understand Diagon Alley is supposed to be a little bit, uh, what's the word, claustrophobic. Um, but, but theme parks typically, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're better when they're open, you know, they're better, they're better when there's a lot of room to move around. Yeah. And I, you know, I really worry about lines and all of that other stuff impeding on the fun, um, of this new park because the themes are going to be great. If there's special meals that British muggles have that for some reason aren't in the other park, it'll be great. You know, Gringotts Ride, a lot of fun, no doubt. You know, nobody's questioning that. But I do question the the size and the space and the, you know, the time to, to walk around in this new park. I, f- I feel like this was a concern with the first Wizarding World Orlando as well. And their excuse was, well, in the books and movies, everything is very cramped, which a- a- and you rightfully point out. You know, that just doesn't work in the real world when there's thousands of tourists. No, I mean, there's a park and, and the Islands of Adventure Park is small and or it's equal. I want to say it's actually equally sized to the regular park. I could be a little wrong. But I mean, the first three or four months to, to maybe even eight months, depending on 
the day or holidays when kids were off school, there was a line for Forbidden Journey or for the Hogsmeade area of Islands of Adventure that stretched all the way around Islands of Adventure. You know, like uh. they can't they can't pull that shit. Uh, forgive my French with the new park. You just can't because eventually you're going to get people with tickets to both parks that are in line for the Hogwarts Express to go to, to Hogsmeade and they're going to be waiting in Hogsmeade. Yeah. The line's going to be so long all the way from Diagon Alley. Right. This is like, I can't understand this. And you know, with Hollywood, well, when that opens, you already said there's not a lot of space. I so th- they should come up with a design that works for large open areas, I think. In in due time, though, uh, more of this will become available to us in terms of what this layout is going to look like. I'm sure you're going to have multiple Hogwarts Express so that there's always going to be one at least going to Hogsmeade and then one going to Diagon Alley. I don't think that it's only going to be one track. If yeah. they did that, that's going to bottleneck a lot of people. To your point, Eric, but I think as we learn more about what the landscape is going to look like and just how big this is going to be, I think it'll put people at ease. And to what you were talking about before, didn't a lot of that happen when the park first opened? So the expectation would be that you're going to have long lines no matter what. So once that goes over time, like we've seen with what exists already in Orlando, the lines are going to get shorter. And they're going to be more manageable for people throughout the course of the day. Yeah. Um, I think that's right. I mean, imagine, you know, five, ten years from now when it dies down a little bit. Of course, these, these parks five, will be... Five, ten years? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> these parks will be popular. And, of course, Harry Potter will be popular for a long time. But after this initial summer, it'll be much more bearable. And summer summertime in general is always so busy for the Wizarding World. Um, or for theme parks, because that's when tourists like to go. We're going to continue talking about today's exciting Wizarding World announcement in just a moment. But first, it is time to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of MuggleCast... Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. I have a timely recommendation for you this week. The Great Gatsby. It is about to be released in theaters. You can get it for absolutely free by visiting audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Now that it's summertime, we're all going to be spending more time out and about, enjoying the warm weather. And maybe you're walking around, maybe you um, don't want to carry a book around. Maybe when you're walking the dog or just going on a walk or a run or, uh, you know, sitting out at the beach, closing your eyes, sitting by the lake, by the creek, by the river, all you got to do is pop in your earbuds and listen to a book rather than actually reading it. Very, very great service, especially now for summertime when people are spending more time outdoors just relaxing. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast to get an audiobook. Perhaps The Great Gatsby narrated by Jake Gyllenhaal. I love that he narrated this one for absolutely free. Audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. We thank Audible for their support of the show. So now back on to the Wizarding World news. I was just thinking about how what if the Hogwarts Express breaks down? Um, 
because then like what if it's down and it's down for like the entire day then people have to walk from the one park to the other god and, forbid well <laughs> well yeah but I, I know but the the point is the experience like say you're there for one day and that's all you get and you it, bought the two park ticket exactly. under the assumption i understand that yeah. Yeah. And but but if you guys think about the layout of Universal Orlando Resorts, to get from one park to the other is kind of a hassle. Cuz both of these lands are buried in the back of each of these parks. So you got to walk through the park again, wa- walk out, walk through City Walk, then back to the other park. It's kind of it is kind of a pain. <laughs> that's that's not a that's not a bad point. Um and I feel you do- like you'd in uh, when the park first opens, you're going to be able to walk faster from one park to the other than you will to wait in line for the train because <laughs> oh, that but line the train is, gonna be is the long. experience it's i the know experience andrew uh, what were you gonna say eric um i i'm just wondering if there's gonna be a walking path or something um mm. <laughs> the, maybe the um that would know, be stay, nice stay fit healthy walking path in between the two harry potter parks in case the the rides break down or something like that because if you already have both passes um, and maybe, you know, maybe they can call it something fun, like Dobby's route or something, but, <laughs> um, route. Yeah, I have no idea. Are you, you know? saying that he can't take the Hogwarts Express? Well, when he, um, you know, ideally when he sealed the barrier, uh, Ron and Harry had, were faced with the prospect that they would have to walk to Hogwarts. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So Andrew, I, I know before you brought up how the, the outside of Diagon Alley is really dressed up to look like London, the night bus is there. That's going to be a photo op. There's also a fountain there that's located in Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, the I saw in the article on Hypable. Yeah, the Eros Fountain. It's right now, at least in the concept art, it's right next to the night bus. So it, they're doing authentic London sites right there on the waterfront. I mean, these buildings that you see on the waterfront as well are straight out of London. At least a couple of them are. So what does that say, though? They put the Eros Fountain, Eros being Cupid, next to the night bus, <laughs> Love which it, has night. beds. People are going to be <laughs> shagging on the night bus in front of Cupid. Yes, Micah, there will be rooms to rent on the, or, or shall I say beds for rent by the hour, of course, on the triple-decker night bus. Hell, I'd pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> there's also the london uh a london a british phone booth which you know be a fun little photo op if they're smart you can dial 62442 and something fun happens maybe it actually will take you underground for a moment <laughs> <laughs> but imagine line for that <laughs> one of us going in there and start like banging on the glass why isn't this going down why isn't this going down <laughs> yeah you know, the funny thing is due to the uh, the seventh Harry Potter film, I'm going to be trying to flush myself in in the toilets, too, in London. Um, well, you you know. let us know how that goes. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll, don't we'll shake our hands a, after you do that. Yeah. We'll expect yeah. a full report. Um, let us know. Uh, I'll be live how... blogging from the loos at, at the London end of the Muggle World, the Wizarding World. Universal also confirmed today that you will need two park tickets to take the Hogwarts Express. Um, okay. Now, we kind of figured that would be... There were some people thinking, well, maybe if you have a one-park ticket, you could just um, ride ride the train round trip. But it makes sense that they're not going to allow that. They better not, because there's going to be such long lines on both sides 
<laughs> of the park that they don't want people taking two trips unless they wait in line again. Well, I think the the interesting thing, because we've been going by the concept art where it shows, I think, the train on the countryside and all that. I think that we have to kind of get out of that mindset because I think, you know, on one hand, the, the train is, I think, going to all be indoors. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, and, and covered because they don't have that countryside. So maybe that'll mean the the parks can be closer together that they can ex- they can make the other park so big that they're really like pretty much next door and then have this huge I'm thinking like an indoor enclosed area. So what what I'm trying to say is maybe the ride actually won't take that long to the train won't take that long to travel even though it may seem it does and maybe that'll be quicker cuz like in the concept art it appears that there's this huge great distance but actually there yeah. really have to be considering it's all going to be indoors. I would guess there's been some great, like, leaked photos of, like, the track. The track is elevated. It's, like, 10 feet off the ground. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because, because they have all this stuff behind Universal already. So they kind of gotta, they gotta, they don't wanna knock out the roads because they're, like, roads they use. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll, I'll show you guys a picture. But it's, it's one track and then in at least one area, there's kind of, like, an interchange thing where two trains can go around each other. Ooh. So I think they're going to have to leave the stations. This is a huge honor. I, I can't even imagine all the planning that went into this. <laughs> yeah, they're, so the, the, they're this gonna have to... goes to what we were saying before about there being multiple trains. Yeah, I would guess there's probably going to be two. Uh, unless they have more of these interchanges, then maybe they could switch. They could have even more trains. Do you have the photo? Yeah, I'm going to send it to you right now. This This photo I'm sending you guys... You can see the. I'm gonna put it in the Google Doc. Um, it. You can see the interchange point where it turns from one track to two, and that would also hint at how long the train is gonna be. And it looks like it could fit maybe the Hogwarts Express and then two or three passenger cars. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Bl- bless whoever is there taking these. I photos. know. I and <laughs> probably risking getting fired. <laughs> yeah and like wow if you hit those arrows you can see there's a couple other good photos of the track but it's pretty high up the ground i maybe even higher than 10 feet maybe 15 um uh, yeah easily yeah but but then you have to wonder like is it what's this train gonna look like because when people step on board it has to look like the actual hogwarts express and we, yet yeah, well, you need these uh... virtual screens inside <laughs> yeah i mean from the exterior who knows it couldn't look like anything like um but then when you board it it has to I, yeah that's a good question i don't know wow uh, just the amount of planning that has to go into something like this is pretty crazy it's pretty awesome and they're de- they're definitely one-upping disney with this i mean this whole this dragon thing i mean this is a big f you to disney <laughs> like they've always had dragons but not one that like is like front and center like standing out you know like disney's apparently working on this avatar land and they're gonna have a dragon flying around but it's you know universal just whips this out and it's like whoa yeah no, this will fuel the fire, uh, no pun intended, for years to come, I think, between Disney and Universal. But I'm, you know, the thing is, uh, I guess talking about Universal Florida, I, I do feel a little bit bad that there aren't other real attractions inside this park. And, and let me just be clear, like, there just, there doesn't seem to be anything new going on that isn't Harry Potter. Of course, you did bring up the Transformers ride. We'll see yeah. how that is. But I, I may have mentioned it may have been in the last Mugercast. I'm 
pretty mixed up, but uh, just the gift shops in regular Universal World, I recalled being so overloaded with Harry Potter merchandise and there wasn't even a Harry Potter muggle park yet. Um, <laughs> you know, Harry Potter has just become the thing at Universal now and this is only going to make it more so that, you know, I kind of want to see them also doing other interesting things that don't have to do with Harry Potter only because, you know, you want you don't want to isolate anybody. Um, and plus, when people are waiting in line for hours and hours and hours, they need other things to do um, in the yeah, park. And if they've done it, it before, then it's not going to be as interesting. At the same time, though, they're capitalizing off of what is hot. And Potter, even though the movies are over and the books have been done for a while, I still feel like it's something that has been so meaningful to people's childhoods, you know, that are currently in their in their teens or their 20s or even their 30s that this has such mass appeal where a lot of the other stuff has kind of fallen flat a little bit and that's nothing against something along the lines of transformers but transformers is going to be did you say it's actually going to be a land or it's just going to be one specific ride ride? it's just a ride it's just a ride but you have to look at the fact that potter has been made into an entire world Mm -hmm. within this park well, two, I, I yeah. two worlds now. So can they find something else that's going to be that mass appealing or even half that mass appealing that they can build something more than just a ride out of? It's, there hasn't been something, you know, up until this point. Well, the um, what was I going to say? The Islands of Adventure, there is a Marvel land in Islands of Adventure and they are making like a hundred new Marvel movies. So maybe we'll see an expansion there next. I, I don't, I don't see, even know. I don't think so because now Disney owns that. That's oh, and, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, apparently Disney wants to put Marvel in some parks. So Oops, yeah, not. well maybe they'll maybe they'll have to tear down the Islands of Adventure Marvel Marvel, which actually coincidentally is like right next to the Wizarding World. So maybe we'll have an expansion again. <laughs> Of wow. Harry Potter. Let's hope well, they don't have to tear those down. That would be really sad. <laughs> I, I'm sure they have like a 20 year contract yeah. to continue to keep Marvel in the Universal Park, but any revenue that they get will probably end up going to Disney. Yeah, definitely uh, off the merchandise. So I can see them definitely trying to play the the Marvel section down. One other thing that I wanted to talk about uh, related to Diagon Alley was how authentic were they going to make some of the shops that are going to be in this particular area i know uh weasley's wizard wheezes is going to be a place that people can go to which guarantee fans that the phelps twins will be there uh <laughs> many 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 times over the course of the next few years i'm sure we have plenty of fans who are interested in that uh but I mean, one of the knocks i think against hogsmeade uh in in the islands of adventure is that there are a lot of storefronts, but not necessarily a lot of stores to explore. And and I I think there's an opportunity here for them. And you know, I'm not talking about merchandise. I'm talking about you know opening up some of the places that we've heard about in the series for people to just go into an experience and go into a flourish in blots and you know, just have an experience that harry or ron would have going in there i just think they could build this area up to be a lot more than what its predecessor was god how could how cool would it be if they had a bookshop open up in in a theme park how cool would that, that be? that would be great right that would be very cool 
Um, so what are you saying, Blatt's... Micah? Sorry, th- they should yeah. they should promote the shops more. Is that as the experience well, is more? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I just noticed that a lot of the storefronts in Hogsmeade were just that. They were storefronts. You couldn't mm. actually go into them. That's to keep people them. moving along, though, because there's like no room, you know. So there's that. And they probably use them for storage and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. but now they have plenty more storage space. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I just think I'm sure there's going to be certain areas in Diagon Alley that are going to have sort of that authentic you know, store from the book, it, they're going to be there. So, uh, did they mention any restaurants? You know, did they name any restaurants for this area? Because I would think that they would want to put one in here. Yeah, I think the, the Leaky Cauldron seems to be the one that's going to happen. That's what the they didn't say. They said there's going to be a restaurant. They didn't say which one, but the rumors have said the Leaky Cauldron. That actually makes an astonishing amount of sense. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I was thinking, what what is there besides the ice cream parlor, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, and you know, I really like the Three Broomsticks restaurant. The food is good. There's a mm-hmm. lot of space in there. It's a good place to cool off. And it's usually not too hard to find a table. And they also have that nice back patio if you want to sit yes. outside. So I, I'm a big fan of uh, the Three Broomsticks. Hopefully they'll do as equally good a job. With Andrew, you were cutting this. out there a little bit with your signal. Oh, maybe it was just the internet for a second. It's kind of wiry. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I will check it. Did you hear what I said, though? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. just wiry. Like, I don't know how to explain your, your voice right now. You oh. sounded fine to me. I don't know. Oh, really? The, oh, yeah. I hope it's... Maybe okay. it's you. Maybe it's you. No, I, I mean, you know, I hope the recording doesn't get it. That's all. But I'll check we're it fine. now. It should be Yeah, fine. yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you go on and you look, there's just probably 50 different places that are in Diagon Alley that are mentioned throughout the course of the series. So to have some of them in there that are recognizable i'm sure they will and they may have even taken some and flipped them over into hogsmeade because they thought that that was going to be the only area of potter to be in universal originally so well we know that Ollivanders is in hogsmeade it's their hogsmeade location but uh yeah i really wonder if they would do that you know put it in its proper place in Diagon Alley now that they have the opportunity now, I also read, Andrew, that there's kind of an open area. You talked about this a little bit where people can sit down and relax. Yeah, there's a little off to the right side. It's hard to tell what it is, but maybe you guys have a different interpretation. It looks like a covered area that just sort of looks like a place where you can, I don't know. I thought it was the Hogwarts Express Station at first, but that's on the left side. So oh, yeah, you're right. So I feel like this is comparable to that outpost area in the center of Hogsmeade where you can just sit and chill. Out under the big pavilion. Yeah, and you're out of yeah. the sun. I know a lot of people, from what I've seen, just like to sit there because it's in the shade and you still get to watch all the people. So, If I had to guess, I'd say the area on the right looks more like uh, Covent Garden in London, which is kind oh, of like open yeah. shopping area. But But – you know, the concept art, it appears beyond the barrier. Like, so it has to be somewhere in the wizarding world. And so I'm probably incorrect. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's true too. But it's still behind other build. That was the other awkward part to me about it. It's behind that row of buildings. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it seems weirdly placed. I mean, maybe it's, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe an entryway yeah. of sorts. Oh, or, or it could be the queue for Gringotts because Gringotts is right there. It could be like the outdoor portion of the queue. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember, though, uh, back to the concept art of the initial park, which was awesome, too. Um, you know, there it kind of showed the layout of the park, but actually not really. Mm-hmm. You know, so so things, other parts were exaggerated. So I, I'd love to see an actual, well, obviously, like, like more aerial photos if we have any friends with helicopters. Um, you know, but, but just to kind of get a better picture of the, um, what's the scale or the proportions of this whole area. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the concept art is just loaded and I have to shout out that article on Hypable that takes a closer look at all of the, um, areas of the concept art because I think it's really interesting and it points out all the little intricacies that, that, exists in this one image yeah I, at first i was disappointed that there was only one piece of concept art because i remembered when they announced the last one in 2007 there was like multiple pieces of concept art and you got to see inside some of the stores so yeah but then once seeing the high-res version i was like whoa okay there's a lot of detail here that you can really <laughs> appreciate and universal has said that they're going to be making more announcements over the next year about you know, because we really don't know much yet. We don't know how exactly the Hogwarts Express is going to work. We don't know what shops there's going to be, what restaurants there's going. We don't. We don't even know what the, the Gringotts. What what happens in Gringotts? So they have a good four or five major announcements to squeeze out of this. Still, I think. Yeah, and with only a year to go, um, presumably if they open in the summer of 2014. Yeah. So this news is going to eclipse any Pottermore news that happens in the next year. <laughs> I know. It's kind of... Uh, I've been looking forward to this announcement for a long time because the rumor started in December 2011, I think. I mean, it, the, the the rumors have been around so long, and finally a year and a half later, we're getting some official information about it. Mm-hmm. I'm reading an interview here with Mark Woodbury. He's the president of Universal Creative, and he spoke about talking or working with J.K. Rowling. And he said, uh, the meetings between him and J.K. Rowling are fascinating and wonderful opportunities to have to be able to talk and collaborate directly with, with her and the Warner Brothers filmmakers. This was a big idea, and everybody immediately saw that when we initially laid it out. And the fact that we wanted to continue to tell the Harry Potter story, the places that we had chosen to develop, Diagon Alley in London and Gridgots and Hogwarts Express, were really big ideas and bold moves. I think that the ambition behind that was very much appreciated. Referring to J.K. Rowling's appreciation of... I mean, they're they're really, not only are they doubling the size of the park, but they're raising the bar uh, when you think about Exactly what he said. You're adding Diagon Alley, London, Gringotts, and Hogwarts Express. I mean, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah. yeah. And and I I look at the fact that you know he's worked with J.K. Rowling and he's worked with probably you know David Heyman, Stuart Craig, um, you know um, who, who am I missing here? <laughs> you know, probably directors and and. Yeah, David others. Yates maybe was involved a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, probably those who worked on, uh, you know, the, maybe the initial concept art for Diagon Alley and you know the Gringotts, especially in in uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two. So, mm-hmm. I I would think that you know having been to the park in Orlando and having experienced that that you know we have something really cool to look forward to because i think they really did it right i i've rarely saw people complain about the park in, in orlando so you know i i think that this is something that we 
all look forward to and look forward to going and, and having a good time there. Do we read yet the quote from J.K. Rowling? Uh, I think at the very beginning we did, right? Did she tweet it? <laughs> no, she did not tweet it, Micah. Uh-oh. You have yet to miss anything by not following her on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, just really quickly in case we didn't, she says, I'm so pleased that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter has proved so popular to date, and I'm sure that the attention to detail in creating the new Diagon Alley area will make this an even better experience. Yeah. So Basically, she just paraphrased what I just said. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's proven to be so popular, and now it's going to be an even better area. So that seems exciting. A little more from Mark Woodbury. This kind of, I don't know, maybe this does give a clue as to how you enter Diagon Alley. He said, um, starting with the London area, which is totally authentic and recreates and captures the essence of the iconic the iconographic parts of the fiction in that space we went big and then we find our way into Diagon Alley in much the same way you do in the books and movies and that's a totally different environment that gives guests an even deeper immersion into the world of Harry Potter (laughs) and those buildings are big as well four and five stories tall in some places so that's interesting yeah so maybe they will go for a uh, tap of the brick yeah, but yeah, that little clue, that part where you said in, or you go into Diagon Alley in much the same way you do in the books and movies. Uh, th- that Flew could powder. suggest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There'll be chimneys set up <laughs> everywhere. Will there be a Nocturne Alley? Mm. Nocturne Alley is the uh, security area where you get <laughs> you get taken if you are too uh, rowdy in the park. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, any other thoughts today? Go Universal. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a uh, fantastic little uh, thing they make, all put together here. Make a Harry Potter hotel. <laughs> they keep adding hotels to the Universal property. Might as well make one Harry Potter themed. Come on. I feel like that's a little too... I don't think it's... a Harry Potter hotel could work. It's Harry Hogwarts is a boarding school. I mean, you know, it hosts about a thousand people. Maybe they should just extend Hogwarts and have people sleep there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess come to think of it, that would be that could work because I mean they have like Nickelodeon hotels. If they have Nickelodeon SpongeBob rooms, I'm sure Harry Potter <laughs> hotels could be pretty popular. Well, I don't even know if Nickelodeon Studios is still functional there because I mean, obviously, I stopped watching the shows there a long time ago, but I, I just always thought that area was a lot bigger than I think it was. Mm, yeah. Mm. But, you know, that's a very cool. Absolutely. What do we, any more, like, Micah, were there any specific shops or anything you were hoping to see in the thingamabobber? Thingamabobber? <laughs> yeah, uh, thingamabobber. No, I mean, I just hope that it that it replicates, and I'm sure it will, knowing who's working on all of this, what we know to be Diagon Alley. And I think that Flourish and Blots would be cool. I mean, we talked about it before. Uh, you know, it plays such a large role throughout the course of the, the series. So many interesting events take place there. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. I think that's going to be a fun place for people to go to. And other than that, I mean, I hope uh, 
as Eric mentioned earlier, they have a uh, Fortescue's ice cream parlor to uh, <laughs> eat at because you're going to need some ice cream with that dragon breathing fire all the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it may just be because I'm a Hufflepuff. I get uh, hung up on the food. But that ice cream parlor, that's looking really good. I would say there's a good chance of that. After you burn your face off because of the dragon's fire, you'll want to cool <laughs> off with a refreshing ice cream. And maybe we should have, like, Florian Fortescue going around helping people with their homework. That'd be cool. There you go. Uh, a little other news story really quick, and then we have a couple of voicemails. The Harry Potter, the new book covers, apparently debuting during the summer. That's all that you has get, to be said you, about that. You got a shout out. <laughs> well, yeah, because on uh, the Scholastic, I found this out because the Scholastic Twitter tweeted something about the new covers. And then I, I, I went undercover. I posed as a super fan. And I said, but when do we get to see the rest of the cover covers? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And then they said with a smiley face, we'll be rolling them out over the summer. So so when you pose as a super fan, is that when you add excessive question marks? Exactly. I was That's like your... so anxious. I had to know immediately. What's your uh, cover name? Andrew Sims. Oh, yeah, they don't, they, I don't think the scholastic social media person knows me, so. They didn't know you were the Andrew Sims. Little That's did it. they know I was gonna write a story about it. So they're rolling them out over the summer. That's good. I mean, we've already seen the first one, but it, the news kind of de- died, you know, by Yeah, now. it's kind of more, kinda like, right. It's kind of more fun to spread the news out, you know, cause then it'll be a big deal. Every time a new cover comes out, it'll be exciting. As long as they're good. And, right. And we'll have time to analyze each cover and think, oh, does this little thing mean this is going to happen in the book? And then we'll yeah. remember yeah. we've already read them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the issue that they face with this is that to me, and I know we talked about this probably a couple of episodes ago. It's more about people who want to collect, in my opinion, the these new covers than anything else, because you're not getting new material and, you know, you're not getting any new art within the book. It's just the cover and that's it. And so you have to ask yourself, do you want to actually spend the money to repurchase the whole series again just because the cover is different? Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, I'm just so excited. This is a great year for Harry Potter news. Look at all this news we're going to have to talk about over the next I wondered what months. the big story of, of 2013 really was going to be. And I think we have our answer, at least right <laughs> now, with, with the theme park. Yeah, but it's kind of like a non-story because it's not even technically happening this year. It's just we're learning about it. And we knew about it for a year and a half. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there will be – maybe J.K. Rowling will announce – you know, there's still we still have a long way to go this year. Anyway, we got a couple of voicemails here. Here's the first one. Hi, this is Caitlin and Victor calling from Ohio. We just had a request for one of your last episodes before you end the show. Can you please bring back one segment, at least, from Ben of Give Me a Butterbeer and slash or a What's Buggin' Micah segment? And maybe these segments could be about having Joe come on the show, like (laughs) What's Buggin' Micah, Joe, come on the show. Or uh, that Ben could do a Give Me a Butterbeer about um, Joe not having been on the show these past eight years, something like that. Just an idea. <laughs> uh, no matter what topic you guys do it on, I would just love to hear one more segment of those before you guys end. Love the show. Bye. All right. 
Well, really, every episode is what's bugging Mike. <laughs> no, I'm just That's kidding. the secret. We've turned it into the whole show now. I, I think we can plan, you know, in these last couple of episodes that we have, uh, we can plan to bring back some of these old segments and we'll, we'll make sure we do our, our damnedest to, uh, to make them good and to make them relevant. Yeah. This is a simple show because we wanted to talk about the news as, you know, since, since it's fresh in everybody's mind. So other shows as we wrap up, Mugglecast's run will, of course, have segments and stuff like that. Indeed. I'd love to hear Ben do give me a butterbeer. Yeah, we it's been such a long time. We'd have to get him something riled up about. Uh, we'd have to get him riled up about something that doesn't take too much. I mean, we could <laughs> we'll find something that'll piss him off. All right, here's the next voicemail. Hey guys, it's uh, Manny from uh, Northampton, PA, quote unquote, Albus Dumbledore. I thought I'd leave a uh, little serious, more serious voicemail today. Um, as a visually impaired Potter fan, you know I've always read the books through the audiobooks, and I was curious to get your guys' opinions if you ever. If you've ever listened to the book, you know, what you think of Jim Dale's performances in the book. And, uh, Micah, I feel sorry for you, uh, being a Met fan and all. I know it's tough when your season ends before it begins most years. Ouch. But, uh, I'm sure if you had John Sterling as your, as your announcer, you know, you wouldn't be too, uh, you wouldn't be too, uh, disappointed in his excited, enthusiastic calls. It's one thing you've got to admit, he is enthusiastic. Then again, he wouldn't be shouting, oh, Mets win too often, would he? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get that in. But you guys really do a great job. Keep up the great work. And uh look forward to hearing your comments. Have a good afternoon and evening to you. <laughs> Bye-bye. So, Micah, now you wouldn't punch an old man, would you? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, but I'm assuming that he is a Phillies fan, and that's exactly why... uh he said those uh, very nice things about the New York Mets, and uh, he's right, though. Look, let's face it. The Mets season is over before it begins, and that's usually the case year after year. But uh, Or he could be a Yankees fan, but I'm assuming since he's from Pennsylvania that he is a Phillies fan. Well, we all uh, like the uh, the underdog. I've learned that living in Chicago on the <laughs> north side. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that our discussion about John Sterling got left in uh, the episode, uh, last, last time. But, uh, yeah, no, I still think he's a horrible announcer. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> fact that he announces the Yankees. I think he's annoying. And I think, he, he, look, there's announcers you just don't like, right? I mean, let's face it. There's people on the news you don't like. There's people on the radio you don't like. Right. Well, there's people who podcast you don't like. What, okay, you don't what like. about, what about Jim Dale? That's, that's his voicemail. I question. like Jim Dale. No, no. Well, wait, he also brought up uh, other stuff at the end there. But no, I, I like Jim Dell. I mean, we've had Jim Dell on the show. And, um, you know, it, it, he, he provided such great insight, I thought, when he when he came on with us to, um, you know, to what he does and the amount of preparation that went into narrating the, the Harry Potter series, at least the American editions. And uh, I haven't really listened through any of the audiobooks. I don't know if you guys have, but I'm sure that he did a great job just based off the conversation that we had with him. Andrew, you ever listen to the audiobooks? Uh, yeah. And, and exactly what Michael was saying. Um, you know, he put so much care into creating those characters. We've heard before about how many characters, you know, he does a different voice for every character. It is a very, very fun experience. And I was glad to see that they added some audio clips in the Pottermore because, 
it really brings it to life. And I learned that if you're in the U.S., you hear Jim Dale. If you're in the U.K., you hear Stephen Fry. Ah, oh, cool. I don't know how it works in the rest of the oh, world. That's, but that's cool. One yeah. thing they did wrong. <laughs> no, no. And uh, if people want to listen uh, to Jim on our show, he was actually on episode 137. So give it a listen. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. He I did think. an intro as well. I remember way back when he did yeah. an intro. Show. But this is Professor Dumbledore. <laughs> or this it was is actually McGonagall. McGonagall. It was McGonagall. Yeah. This is Professor McGonagall. Um, Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yes. <laughs> Jim Dale, for me. It scares I, me that you remember that. I always have friends who, right, I don't always have friends. I had friends who would always tell me about Jim Dale. And this is way before I, li- I listened. Um, you know, I read the books. I never listened to the audio for the longest time, but people would, you know, I'd hear about people turning them, him on before they went to bed and, and falling asleep with Jim Dale doing Harry Potter in their ears. And this is a common occurrence. Road trips, you know, they listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks. And so just very recently, um, I was, I had to read, uh, chapter 17 of Prisoner of Azkaban for the Alohomora podcast. And I just, there was no way I was going to get it done. I didn't have enough time to read because I was working that day when we were recording right after I got home from work. So I turned on the audiobook and I put it in and I, I played it in the car when I was out working. And I really just had this great appreciation, um, you know, almost refound appreciation for what he does. And I think he's excellent. And I think he was the right fit for, for her type of books. Yeah, I mean, you just have to think about how many different characters he had to be responsible for and then to remember what they sounded like over the course of seven books. And in some cases, a lot of those characters were young, so they were aging over the course of these seven books. So how to keep that all in mind and to have those voices and to do it as well as he did it. I mean, that's just, that's just amazing. I mean, he must hear voices in his head. <laughs> yeah. Or what, what the real question is when he, when he talks to himself, what voice does he use? <laughs> Dobby. <laughs> All right. We have a couple, uh, emails about the show now that we'll listen to. Hey, Mugglecast. This is Alistair from Glasgow in Scotland. I just wanted to thank you guys for keeping the show going for all these years. Um, I'm sad that it's finishing, but I think you're making the right decision. Um, I just wanted to say there's something poignant about the date that you guys finished. Um, I've been reading, I started reading the Harry Potter books when I was nine. Um, and in August, when you guys stopped, um, I leave university and start my first adult job. So it feels like an end of the year for Mugglecast and an end of the year for me. So thank you for you guys, uh, being there when I was reading the Harry Potter books and getting excited about the film stuff. And, uh, Yeah, best of luck for the future. Thanks, Marvel. All right, there's a nice voice. Oh, this is Alistair from. Glasgow. Oh, this is playing again. Oh, oh I didn't mean for it to. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. no, the um, but it's great to hear from our like our Scottish uh, Scottish listeners. Well, you know our international friends. Yeah, seats. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. Nice message. And then here's one more. Hey, this is Jacob from Alabama. I just wanted to say I really do appreciate you guys. I was listening to uh, episode 263, and I heard that you were going to do your last lesson. Now, you guys have been the first podcast I ever listened to, and I was going to listen to you guys, I thought, for years and years to come. Looks like it's not going to happen, but I'm okay <laughs> with it. I just hope 
that you guys had a good few last episodes, and I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Bye. Uh, that's really nice. Now I feel bad. He was hoping he'd awesome. listen to us for years and years to come, and now he's not. I mean, you still will. Just you can in different ways. But yeah. I get, I get what he's saying. So yeah, go back, listen to our Jim Dale episode for once. What, what episode <laughs> was that again, Micah? One three seven. One three seven. There we go. And the the numbers one three seven do not appear in sequence in the MuggleCast hotline number. I just looked at it. Um, but if you do want to leave us a voicemail, please remember you can do that. Uh, the hotline is open 24 hours a day. That number to leave us a voicemail, the MuggleCast hotline is 323-984-8547. Okay. We're here for you. Call me now. I'm Miss Cleo. And also a plug for Hype. It's the new podcast on Hypeable.com. Well, it's six episodes old now. I don't know. By MuggleCast days age that that hype looks very new it's a baby we're uh, recording episode seven this friday new episode out we'll be talking about uh the divergent sequel already booked for a sequel can you believe it and um mortal instruments also getting a sequel a second second movie these are big 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 highly anticipated book the film adaptations um and uh, we'll be talking about a lot more on Friday, so you can look forward to the new episode or just listen to episode six right now. Awesome. And uh, don't forget the MuggleCast website, MuggleCast.com. Like Eric said, got the voicemail number. We got to update the voicemail number on the contact page. People are oh. probably still trying to call that. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, I can edit that right now. Okay. And then uh, update us or follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast. Our Facebook Facebook.com slash MuggleCast and the fan Tumblr. MuggleCast.tumblr.com. Shout out to Ali and Ash. Uh, they, need also... to, they need to update it because the second most recent post is you with the tattoo, which is nice, but... <laughs> that's old. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's true. <laughs> Good, Mike. I was going to add that you can rate and review us on iTunes, but this is the uh, wrong show for that. I think we've had plenty of rate and reviews over the course of the last seven plus years. But they're great to read through. It's great. It's great to hear people's feedback about the show because, you know, we hear from people that they love the show and whatnot, but it's nice to hear them not directly speaking to us about the show. They're talking to potential listeners. Yeah, I think that that's the key. I mean, we we joke around about it on, uh, on Game of Owns, which is our Game of Thrones podcast that we do in conjunction with Hypable, uh, Eric, myself. Uh, Selena, who is, uh, also on MuggleCast, and then Zach, another one of our friends. But, you know, we, we jokingly forced them to do, uh, this five star review, uh, every time that they, that, that they do a, a rate and review of the show. Um, and, and it's, it's become a running joke. But, but, you know, I really like the point that you just made. One of the things that we stress is the fact that, you know, by them talking about it, it allows other people to see what the product is and the fact that, you know, they, they, there might be other people out there who are potentially interested and it's just a way for them to help communicate that to other potential listeners. Mm-hmm. It's Allie and Angel over at the MuggleCast Tumblr. Gosh, I felt so terrible. Um, oh, cause like- at one point, at one part of the page, it says run by Allie. It doesn't have Angel, <laughs> but then both their contact info is listed. You guys got to update your site and I promise to update ours. Okay. There you go. Well, while we're thanking people, another thank you to the MuggleCast transcribers. Yes, and I will send you all of the voicemails in advance this time. We appreciate um, your hard work as well. Thank you. 
So that's it. We'll see everybody next time for episode 266, where there will be more fun news to discuss in the world of Harry Potter. Goodbye. Maybe a butterbeer. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>